so every year this time of year I give this my, my regular preparing for Pesach Shir and after a while I, I, you know, I, after saying it so many years I'm going to doing something else so last year uh, over each suit I would say were some of the interesting halachic shalos which came up that day or that you know shortly beforehand that I was asked and how I passed on them and my son did me a favor after Yom Tov and he wrote them all down you remember them? He remembered them. He wrote them all down after Yom Tov. Oh. So he gave, he gave me this, this, little, this sheet of paper with, with, with the questions, without the answers. He said, Ta, I forgot the answers. You can do it. Um, to hence, I said, okay, you know, that, that sounds like an interesting idea. So that's uh, some of the different, different questions which came up and some of the, 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 the halacha lamaisa. So I got a question like this. This is somebody ordered a cater, catered Seder night's meal, and it's delivered at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, air of the Seder, and it's roast chicken. And our meaning is not to use roast, roast, even roast chicken for the Seder. You're not, we, don't serve, we don't serve anything which is roasted for the Seder. Um, not just meat, but even, even chicken. So what's the definition of being roasted? So one definition of being roasted is... Um, is clearly if it's roasted over the fire, even if it's roasted, it's pot roast. Even pot roast is considered roasted. I was going to say, how many of us are sitting here with a fire and spit? With that, with it? The fire and right. We're not. Yeah, we're not. We're right. Not, we're, we're not roasting our lamb. Right. <laughs> so, um, but even pot roast is considered roasted for this purpose. So the person called me up. What do I do? So. Uh, could they change their bit? Could they switch something they had for yump of day to yump of night, etc.? So the is, if you would take the, 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 the chicken, put some type of a sauce on it, stick it into a pot and cook it with it, so we get we absorb the flavor of the sauce, that removes the issue of roasted. So that was the solution which we came up with, the last-minute solution which we came up with at that point in time. Yes? So that makes it baked now as opposed to roasted? Baked and roasted are the same for our purposes. <clears throat> All right, so, so we can't put it in the oven at all. In the, well, you put it in the oven with a large amount of liquid. That's not called baked. It's called cooked. It's cooked inside the oven. Cooked. Right. The point is it has to be cooked as opposed to a baked or roasted purpose. So there has to be the liquid has to be there. Right. So, that's, so there has to be enough liquid there that would really make a difference in the flavor. Okay. So, you know, they just put a little liquid and it shouldn't stick to the pan. That's not, that's still, that still would have the issue of being, being roasted. I get a call, Erev... Um, it's Arab Yomtiv, and I got a call. A woman decided to to, sell, to take care of the bugs in the remain by soaking it in salt water. So then she called me up and helped and asked, "Does that work to remove the bugs?" You know, because you know they know that if you soak it in a soapy solution, the soap, the way soap works, is it actually uh, makes the the connection which the bugs have with the the lettuce. It causes them to let go, and therefore it's easier to then wash it off under running water and remove the bu- and feel that you remove the bugs and you can check for it more easily. Salt does not do that. So, but that wasn't her, least of her problems. So she'll, she'll she'll do it now. The problem is that we pass on that mortar, which is kavush, is not kosher for mortar. So what's kavush? So kavush is a person would soak. Uh, the vegetable in water for 24 hours, that's considered kavush. If it's soaked, so if you, you, you uh, wash off all of your remain and you, you stick it into the bags, and there's a lot of water left in the bags, it's not it's a smart idea because you might have the problem of kavush. It's being soaked in water. But that's, what it was, that's only 24 hours, and she didn't do that. But the problem is salt, for, for salt, or for, if a person would be covered something in salt or in vinegar, the shear is the time it takes, the, 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 the Length of time that it gets in of kavush is the time it takes to put something on the pot and it should boil, which is about eighteen minutes. Assume that halacha is eighteen minutes, so if it sits in salt water for eighteen minutes. It's now kavush and it's no longer kosher for mortar. So her shaila was about the bugs. I said, "Ma'am, we can deal with the bug problem, but your mortar is not kosher." Um, so that was quite a challenge because there was also like now you're going to start. All over again with the get go, get no more instead all over, all over again. Um, I didn't have a solution for that one. So, Rabbi. Yeah. So then, if you're using vinegar for your um, romaine, as long as you don't leave it in the vinegar more than 18 minutes, you're okay. 
Well, I wouldn't suggest using vinegar for romaine in general. We, we eat the more, you're not supposed to put vinegar on it. But, but you know, the, the mitzvah to eat it straight. But if a no, person would I, do that, if a person would do that, it would not possible. It would not make it unkosher. No, I meant when, like you were checking it for bugs, because the way I learned to do it was to rinse it in vinegar and then check for bugs. Is that correct? Um, I'm not familiar with that. That's, she told me she got the idea from this, that idea. She said, well, salt will be the same thing as vinegar. I never heard of either of them. Okay, so I, I, my, my, my understanding is that to, use, to use water which has some soap in it. Okay. And then the, that, because it, 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 it breaks the connection that the, the bugs have with the, with the leaf. And uh, that's why you can, then, you, then you rinse it off. After you sit, let it sit in water for, you know, let it soak for a little bit, rinse it off, and then you check it. So, Rabbi Rangold, how does one go about, when you say soaked for 24 hours, can you just take us through, you're checking all your Mara Arab how do you go about making it so that it's not soaking for 24 hours? How dry is dry? How dry is dry? It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be bone dry. You know, if, it's, if you're not getting a collection of water in the bottom of the bag... Right, so then you're not, you're not worried about that's not because it wouldn't be a problem. If I put it through a salad spinner a couple times, it's... Oh, uh, you don't have to do a couple times even. Not what? even a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, a common issue which comes up, and this is relevant for this year, is um, that since the Seder is Friday night, so there are some differences between the Seder Friday night and the Seder during the week. One of them is making salt water. Um... So you can, you can't make salt water, the, you can't make strong salt water on Shabbos. Um, so if a person forgot to make the, the Salzwasser for the for the seder, so it's Friday night, the person would have to make it. He would have to make the, make it in a, in a, a weak solution, a vast, it would be much more majority of water, and um, much less salt. So that'd be the one thing. The second thing which also comes could come up this year is chorosis. So you make you 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 mash your chorosis, you you grate your chorosis. You also have to mix it with wine. So mixing mixing it with wine and alacha touches on the malacha of lisha. That's you take you're combining a liquid and a salt together, making a mass out of it. So lisha is is a malacha which you can yamtiv. That's mutter. You can make a dough on yamtiv, right? Um, but you can't do that on Shabbos. So a person should be sure be careful to add the wine. Preferably before before Shabbos, add the wine into the chorosis beforehand. Right. Once you've added wine, you could add more wine. Oh. So define. So how much wine do you add before Shabbos? Like a drop, or it has to be a significant amount. Could be somewhere in the middle. I have a real recipe. <laughs> no, I'm allergic to all of them. I'm allergic to moths. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I'm allergic to all They do a Sephardi um, right. So the the point is, it should be enough that there's a mass already. It's, it's massing okay. together. Going back to the salt water, how strong is salt water supposed to be? In general, but not not in this situation. Yeah. You're right. In in yeah. Right. Um, uh, there's, as far as I know, there's no formula given how strong it has to be. Okay. There's like no ratio. There's no ratio. <laughs> it, it does say in a halacha that you know that it, when it comes to Shabbos, what's usher it gives you gives you a ratio, right? Uh-huh. Um, of what's usher. If you do it, if it's if it's less than one third salt, two thirds water, that's mutter on Shabbos. Less than one third salt. So so. Oh. Okay. But in other words, you're saying make it in advance. Oh, I, you make it in advance, you do whatever you want. Make it. If yeah. you didn't make it in advance, you, that, you, that, your recipe would be less than one third. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I got the, these two questions, which came up in Arab Pesach questions. Both of them were the flip sides. So somebody's a Bechor. Now, the Lacha is by Bechor. The Lacha is that a Bechor fast, if. The, 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 the father's, if the father's not a Bechor and he has a son who's a Bechor, the father fasts for the child till the child is 13. If the father's a Bechor and he has a son who's a Bechor, the mother fasts till the boy is 13. I never heard that. Okay. So now, but if the son and the father go to a CU, so, uh, so then the mother doesn't have to fast. So what's called going to the CU? So there's two questions which came up. Was one person came up and said, I was by the CM, but I ran out before they ate and I didn't eat any food. Oh no! Right? And one other question person, I walked and I, I missed the CM, but I came in time for the food. 
So what's the what's the main thing? So the the, the uh, colloquial wisdom is the main thing is hearing the seum. Actually, that's incorrect. The main thing is actually being there for the food. Um, the idea behind it is once a person has been by a Sudas mitzvah and he eats from the Sudas mitzvah, so you're not, even the person is before, it's proper he should, he should partake of a Sudas mitzvah. And once he's eaten by Sudas mitzvah, there's no reason to fast anymore because you're ready to eat. But if he missed the Sudas mitzvah, he left right before, you know, before eating anything. He ran, he, I heard the him and I ran out and went to work. And now 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I want to eat something. Well, I'm sorry, it's too late. So that situation, I told the person that... Uh, now, there is one opinion which is mekel on it, um, uh, but it's the way if you go through the halacha, it seems to be very clear that the Ikr definition of the siyam is not the actual siyam, it's the meal which comes with it. So the example which I gave them on halacha was a fascinating case. The, um, there's a tshuva saver called the Chavas Yara, was a bit, in his generation, goes back about 350 years ago, he was considered one of the, mamash, one of the big Dor in Psach. So the Chavas Yor had the following Shiloh, that a person made a netter that he's only going to eat by Sudas Mitzvah. Then he said, okay, what's a Sudas Mitzvah? And he sent the Shiloh to the, the Chavas Yor, please tell me what a Sudas Mitzvah is. Uh, and that's an interesting way of doing it, you know, making the netter and then asking the question, but that's what he did. So the, the Chuvah of the Chavas Yor is one of the, it, it's for us, it's probably one of the, ba- the most basic Chuvahs about the definition of a Sudas Mitzvah is this Chuvah. Because he goes to all the different possibilities of what a surah of mitzvah is. He talks about, obviously, a surah of a pidyan aben and a surah of the milah. He says, he says a surah of a siyum is called a surah of mitzvah because you're celebrating the fact that you completed something. So that's a surah of mitzvah. So let's say you're so excited that you decide to make an, an, another meal the next day and honor the fact that you finished that, that safer. It's also a surah of mitzvah. You didn't finish the safer that You finished the safer yesterday. But you're, you're celebrating today another meal about the fact that you finished yesterday. It's called a Sudas Mitzvah. It says, and the same thing another day. He says, up to three days he would consider a Sudas Mitzvah. So it's very clear that the main point wasn't the Siyum, because the Siyum took place two days ago. The main point was the meal. The meal is being done as a, as a celebration of the completion. That makes it a Sudas Mitzvah. Um, it's also relevant you know, in these situations where, where they have, have this sock and camp. Um, you know, they have to make a seum during the nine days. And they serve flashings. Right. So, so there's always inevitably always one kid who misses the seum. Like you know, he comes in, Rebbe, I missed the seum. Am I allowed to eat flashings? And the answer is yes, because the main thing is the suda's mitzvah. Of but then the kid says, oh, I was about to see him, but I left and I went back to my ha- my to, to my my bunk and I want to eat the flashings over there. The answer is no. You're not partaking part of the, of, of the Suda's mitzvah, so it's, which is which is the opposite way people think. They think, "Well, I was by the zium, you know, I missed the zium." So that's interesting. Interesting question which came up. I got a question. Both of those. So one of them, I was Michael, tell the fellow that uh, came in time for the food, he's okay, and I'll tell the other person he missed the meal and he should uh, be mekayim the unit of. of I've actually fasting. Tanis Bukharim. Um, for Tanis Bukharim, do you have to be by Suda's mitzvah or you have to be by a zium? Because if there's a if there's a bris, it's any suddas mitzvah. Any mitzvah. So if you have a bris, like this last Arab Pesach, there was a bris in White Oak. So a lot of people came, a lot of they, they ate a lot of extra food because there's a lot of people who came for the suddas mitzvah the chaperai. I got a I got a phone call Arab Shabbos. This is late in the day, so that they, they were at a hotel Pesach hotel, and they set up the neighbors for the women around the corner from the dining room. The dining room. Hmm. Cause they, cause there's a lot of people in the dining room, and they didn't want to put it at the table with all these neighbors there, so they put it around the hallway, down the hallway. So I said, Can you speak to the Mashkiach and change that? So they actually tried, the Mashkiach, they, they, they would not listen to the Mashkiach. I said, As far as I'm concerned, you should, make, you, you, you should not make a bracha in that situation. That's not halakha's neighbors. The halakha's neighbors has to be in conjunction with the, that, in some way, it's enhancing the meal. So you say you have in the dining room where you are, where you can actually see the neros. There's the neros there. We say it's enhancing the meal. It's nice to have, you know, the lights. It adds a little bit of ambiance, etc. Once upon a time, it was very easy because the lights were what you ate by. The, the candles is what you ate by. So that was clearly, it was in some way enhancing the meal. Nowadays, we have electric lights. So it becomes much more questionable, what exactly are we doing? The answer is we're adding an ambiance. But down the hallway, there's no, well, you can't see them during the meal. There's no ambiance. Um, that being said, it is important. The halacha actually says that halacha's neighbors, besides the halacha, besides the fact you have to have lights where you're eating, a person has to have lights where they're sleeping. Um, because um, because I'll said that if you be in a place where you can't see where you're going to sleep, etc., you know, some person can 
hurt themselves, you know, stub their toe on something, trip on something, and then they get upset at somebody, and then that's going to it's going to affect the shalom bias, right? Why did you leave that? You know, that type of that, that type of response. So. Um, Excuse me, Rabbi. So yeah. you're, you're saying that, like on Shabbos, it, it's important in the bedroom that there be some light. It's important to be light in, in a way which can come. It doesn't have to be in the bedroom. It has to be in the hallway. It has to be in way that there's light which should come into the room that a person will be able to see what they're doing in the rooms also. So that comes up a situation. Let's say you know a person is they're going for a simcha and they're eating. Everybody's eating together in some shul's dining room or some hall, and they're sleeping in people's houses. So there's a key to make sure that there are lights in the houses. Mm-hmm. And, and if you go with straight halacha, it might be even better to actually make a bracha in the house where you're staying than to make a bracha by the meal because the, 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 the svardim, the shachonar holds, the only, one, only, only, one, only one woman will make a bracha when there's multiple women lighting. Because you made a bracha and there's neiris. The remorses are made because all the women, each one woman makes. But each person sleeping separate, you would definitely make, you can make a bracha. In the case where there's no luck on the on the chila, there'd be a lacha on the shina. Um, that being said, you're not you're not going to leave candles lit in somebody's house and walk out and leave them there. Um, so can you make a bracha on electric lights? So you can't make a, you can definitely cannot make a bracha on a fluorescence or on a LED. You cannot make a bracha on that. Um, the question is, can you make a bracha on an, on an incandescent light? Remersha um, holds yes. Uh, the Ikrib Sakh is not, is not, the most posting will say, tell you not to do that. Rabbi? Yes. What's the difference in the lights? The difference in the lights. Okay. So an incandescent light, and a lo- the way it works is that the filament, get the electricity goes through the filament and the resistance causes it to glow red, become hot to the point that it's, it glows. So it's like fire. So that has a look like fire because there's something which is actually, you're, you're generating heat and, and, and light from it. So it has a look like fire. The way a fluorescent bulb works is that um, the electricity goes through and it excites the electrons. The electrons affect the uh, impact with the, the phosphorus coating, which the, its nature is when its electrons are excited, it, gener- it gives off light, but there's no heat involved in it. The heat that you'll feel in a, in a fluorescent is actually not from the bulb. Uh, itself, for the most part, usually is because the process of getting your electron, that whole process going, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a ballast or something inside, which that functions more like an incandescent bulb. There's, there's, there's heat being generated over there. But the, the bulb itself doesn't work like that. So most persons say that's not considered H. So like in a hospital where I'm familiar with, um, and, and people are using Shabbos lights in there because they can't. Right, so they're using candle, electric lights. They have to be careful that they were incandescents. Correct, that they should be incandescents. <clears throat> Thank you. Stock up. And then, the, yeah, stock up, yes. Yeah. Um, you know the 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 and the LEDs for sure that that's it. It's LEDs even even more. It's more. It's it's even less a concept of of, of the way an LED works is if you remember your basic science. Um, so there are there are shells where the uh, electrons f- f- go around the the nucleus of the of the atom, and there are layers of shells. They're called subshells. There's there's layers which. So if you put an electric current. Through the into it, the more energy it has, the closer it goes into the to the nucleus. When you stop that for a second, so the electrons bounce back out to a further shell. The energy which is released from that process of moving from the inner shell, which is what moved them to the outer shell, which the energy is released, certain diodes will 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 release that as light, light emitting diodes. That's what it, what it is. So it's 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 it's, it's nothing. It's electron, electrons releasing energy. That there's nothing at all. Which is burning. It's air. <laughs> so, uh, so it's not considered ash. So, um, so I, it, it's really I, it's really improper that that, that, that by uh, you know with this type of hotel they should be having people not lighting in the dining room. It's, it's very improper. You know that's why I said the mashgiach should try to take care. But of course, when the question comes up, air of yontiv, so you get the, the right you know the, you're you're, at a, you're in a rush to get everything done. It's very hard to get things done at that point in time. Rabbi, one other question about that. Yeah. Um, would you be able to like get up and walk into the hallway and eat a little bit and then come back and have that count because you got some ambience in the moment or two you were standing there? Um, I would. I would I mean, if in a situation where I would say it's proper to light, but I would not, I would not make a broth. Okay. Right. Um, 
Okay. A lot of different questions will come up. I, 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 I want to move to something else, just because I want to make sure I remember to get to it. Erev um, Tavshilin. So this year, Pesach falls out. Shri shall Pesach falls out in Erev Shabbos. So you have to make an Erev Tavshilin to be able to allow you to cook from Shri shall Pesach for Shabbos, which for us will be the last day of Pesach in Erev Shultz. It's the it's a Pesach uh, weekday, or not weekday. It's Pesach Shabbos, even though it's not, not Pesach anymore. Uh, you're going to be cooking from from Shvi to Shabbos, so it's a very important issue. First of all, that we have to understand the Eretz Shilin. Eretz Shilin is not magic. If the Torah will not allow you to cook it from Yom Tov to Shabbos, Eretz Shilin can't change that. So you have to assume that you're allowed that what, the Eretz Shilin. Miraraisa, you're allowed to cook from Yom Tov to Shabbos. The Chalman said not to. They said, if you make an Erev Tavshilin, we're going to allow you to. So Erev Tavshilin only kicks in once we've taken care of the prohibition on the Torah level of cooking from Yom Tov to Shabbos. Then the Erev Tavshilin says, that that's even, even, though, even though really made a rice, you're allowed to cook. The rabbi said, no, unless you make an Erev Tavshilin. That's how it works. Um, but how do you, what's that, this, is this permission to cook from Yom Tov to Shabbos? What's that about? So there are two opinions in the Gemara. One opinion says that you're allowed to cook from Yom Tov to Shabbos. That the Torah allows you to cook from Yom to the Shabbos. That's very easy. The second opinion says, no, you're not allowed to cook from Yom to the Shabbos. A person would cook from Yom to the Shabbos, he was Mikhail Yom Tov. You're only allowed to cook in Yom Tov for Yom Tov. So, how in the world do we cook from Yom to the Shabbos? So, the answer is because theoretically, the food that you're making it could be used for Yom Tov. How so? If guests would come in and need something to, to feed them, you could feed them that food. <coughs> Therefore, the Mishabur points out, that this is, a, this is not a halachic fiction, it's, it has to be a reality. So if I want to say, I'm going to come Friday morning and put up a cholent for Shabbos, so I put up a cholent Friday morning, theoretically, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, when guests come by, I have this nice cholent, I've been sitting and cooking for 8 hours, a nice, very tasty cholent, I can serve my guests some cholent. Let's say, however, I decide, oy vey, it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon, shki is at 7 o'clock, I forgot to put the cholent, that's wonderful. I put the child now, it's not going to be edible on, Shab, on Yom Tov, especially not for guests. So according to this, this opinion of the Gemara, it would be an Isidur Isa to, put, to cook, to do that. Now, now how, do we, how do we paskin? So Mr. Burr says we paskin like the second, that opinion. That you're not, that you're not, meeker, then you're not allowed to cook from Yom Tov to Shabbos. You're only allowed to cook because theoretically it's usable for Yom Tov. And therefore, therefore, practically, it has to be actually available to use for Yom Tov if necessary. So in a situation where a person woke up late in the day and wants to cook from Yom Tov to Shabbos, and it's not going to be ready for Yom Tov, so what do you do? So he says like this, in a case where you're dealing with Yom Tov to Rabbonon, the second day of Yom Tov, there are some Rishonim Paskin like the other opinion. So we'll be Soymich on that in that situation. But in a case where it's a Yom Tov to Raisa, says, I, I can't tell you that. So this year we're, we're talking about Shri Yishopesach, which is a Yom Tov to Raisa, Person has to be very, very careful to make sure that they, any food they're going to be cooking for on Yom Tov for Shabbos has to be cooked in such a way that it's going to be usable on Yom Tov. It has to be put up early in the day. Um, so that's an issue which I've, you know, I, I, every time it comes up, I speak about it. Every time I always like, oh, I forgot. You know, like you know, it's it's it's, it's a real issue. So Mr. Burr says, in case a person forgot, he cannot be, he will not be lenient to allow a person to to, to put up to you know, put up, to cook the food in that situation. Um, it, it, that being said, this issue never comes up. Rosh Hashanah, Sukkot. Uh, simplest terror, all can come out on Arab Shabbos, it's always the second day. Okay. The, only time, the only time you're going to have a, 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 a Yom Tov Daraisa situation is the last day of Pesach and Shavuos. The last day of Pesach and Shavuos. No, I was thinking about Rosh Hashanah. Right, it's just a Thursday, Friday Shabbos. Right. right. No, I was th- the second day of Rosh Hashanah can be Arab Shabbos. Correct. Yeah. Right. I was thinking, but that's Yom Tov That's still Yom Tov Shani. It's still Yom Tov It's still the Rabbanah. Even right. though it's a Morchamah, it's still the Rabbanah. Right. Shavuos can fall out on Arab Shabbos. Shavuos can be Friday Shabbos. And Shavuos and, and can fall out on Arab Shabbos. So those are the two words where it's a relevant problem. Let's say, first of all, I forgot to make an Arab Tov So um, I saw this idea in, in, in the Gouda 
in Baltimore, which I thought was a very nice idea. Uh, saw this a few years ago. I was there for Yom Tov. It was in the case of the near to Shilin. After Mincha, there was an announcement that up in the uh, kitchen, there are matzahs and there are eggs. Anybody who forgot to get to Shilin, you can please go take a matzah, take an egg, and make an Arab to Shilin. So, and a few people, oh, I ran out, you know, went up to the, so, um, so I said, yeah, it's not a bad idea. So let, let, last, if they, we had last year, we had, a, we had an Arab to Shilin situation. Um, um, Sukkot was, was, was Thursday, Friday, Shabbos so both the first day of Sukkot and last day of Sukkot I did that and both times I had somebody I made an announcement by the way and every, both times somebody took me up on the offer and I, said, so I pointed out it's now, it's now theirs and they should take it home it's, this, is their, this is part of their Shabbos meal they should take it home um, um, if a person now theoretically a person can make an Eretz in long distance so a person who's now here in shul realizes they did not make an erev shul, they can say, "Oh, back at home, I have a roll and I have a piece of meat. I'm being miyachet that roll and a piece of meat for the purpose of erev shul and make the erev shul. Doesn't 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 have to be in front of you. It's not, not obviously preferred that it should be in front of you, but that situation really they could have done it at home. Of course, you have to make sure that nobody, meanwhile, is eating that item." Back at home, because then you lose, your, then you're in trouble. You know, I, uh, oh, I, that piece of meat, yeah, I gave it to, to, the, to, the, to, to the baby to eat. To thank you very much, right? <laughs> so you, you know, you'd have to be careful with that problem. Um, can you be stomach on the rav? So the law is you can be stomach on the rav one time. So the rav makes an erev shilling. He's a to be for this everybody in the city, and the law is you can rely on that one time. If a person then forgets a second time, they're considered a pesheya, and they're not allowed to rely on the erev of the rav. The erev shilling of the rav. Um, is that how alum or like? So that is a discussion in halacha. That I, do you get? You know, is it like is it? Is this it, like an out of pocket max? Like what is this? Right. <laughs> so it's 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 a lifetime cap or not? Is it a lifetime cap or not? So that's actually mechlokes. There are definitely a person who would say that you know if a person gets back into good 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 behavior and is careful and then they forget you know we don't say it's considered a continuation of their attitude. Um, so in the case of Biryama, you'd be stomach on that, but there are, there are usually there are other rates for that. Okay. Some Seder questions. A uh, person wants to mix red, mix wine together. So we know it's preferred that the, color, the wine should be should be uh, colored red. Zecher to the to the to the nisim. Um, I like white wine better. So I want to, but, but uh, it's not, so I'll put a little grape juice into my wine, and that now my, my wine will be red, right? So, so here's a question. So the one of the lama test malachas is shavea, which is coloring. So we know that the co- coloring doesn't apply to oichel. There's no way of coloring when it comes to oichel. There's no way of surveying when it comes to oichel. However, however, the post can raise the following point. So let's say, um, he said, that's all if my main focus is mixing the foods together. And it happens to be that the, the color is produced. So I like mixing in the, the, this, some cumin into, into my food, and it colors my food yellow. But my, my, my goal isn't the yellow color. My goal is the, is, is the, is the taste. So that's not a problem with survey. Um, however, in a, in a case where my goal is the color, so the Debrecen has the following question. So you, you remember that you have like these, you know, uh, they have for the, for, the to- for the bathroom, for the toilet, they have this, these water fresheners which color the water blue. Are you allowed to use them on, on, on Shabbos and Yom Tov? Well, it says, well, there's no tzviya when it comes to Eichel. Says, but over here, I'm not, my point over here isn't oichel. My point over here is I like the color. I want it to look nice and fresh and clean. My goal isn't that, you know, says that he, he feels in that situation it would, be, it would be also to do that. So taking that logic and applying it over here, so that's the person who raised the question. So what you do is you pour your white into the red. You don't pour the red into the white because then you don't see a process of coloring taking place. If you have white there, you pour the red in, it's coloring it. If you have red, you pour white in, you don't see any coloring taking place, and that's mutter. Um, the person shows up. Uh, the person has guests which are not which are, are not shomer shabbos. A very common problem. Or a person has guests which are not Jewish. Sometimes you have you know people are Ali and they have you know the family seder and the family. There's somebody that halakhically is not really Jewish, and they're going to be showing up at the seder or showing up for a yomtiv meal. Uh, so the law is you may not cook for a non-Jew on, 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 on yomtiv. Number one. And that's and that cooking for a non-Jew on Yomtev is an issue It's the same thing as cooking on, on, on Yomtev for a weekday. 
You're not, it's not, it's not, it's, the head of the cooking up there applies to, to, for Jews. Step number one. Step number two, a person who makabal Shabbos has a status like a non-Jew. And according to the way the Mishabur understands it, that's an issue of the rice to cook for a Mechabal Shabbos Jew on Yom Tov. Who said that? Okay. Now, why? Because the Mechabal Shabbos gets the status of, gets the status of a non-Jew. What about our people nowadays? Which are, What's their status? They're Mechabal Shabbos. They don't know better. This Tinnish and Nishba concept, you know, they didn't really know better. The Mechabal Shabbos, which Allah was talking about, a person who knowingly decides... In the, to act publicly, even though there's people there, he doesn't care, and he's Mechal Shabbos, and he's, he's making a statement, I don't care to be part of the Jewish nation and keep Shabbos. So that's clearly, he has to be like a non-Jew, and he said the rights of the Kuf and Yamtu. What's the status of, of a person who doesn't know better? So this is a Mechal Rambam and Ramban. This question came up, the, the Karoyim, the Karoyim were Jewish people, who were not keeping halacha? They had their own version of the halacha, and they, were, they, and they they and they decided to not keep the halacha. So the Rambam says that the first generation karoyim have a din of not have a din of like a non-Jew. They're mechalei Shabbos. He says their children grow up not knowing any better. They don't know any. They think that this is what you're, what you're supposed to do. So they don't have that status. The Rambam says they don't have a status of, of being like a non-Jew because they, they don't know any better, and therefore they're considered Jews for making a mistake. So they would not have this halacha. The Ramban argues. The Ramban says that once they've, once in their life, they've been had an opportunity to meet a true rabbinic Jew who keeps the halacha properly, and they choose not to learn from them. Whether because they, they think there's all oh, those different strands, strands of streams of Judaism, different divisions of Judaism. I don't care why. That's a decision that they made. They're, not, they're no longer considered a tinuk shenishba, and they have a halacha like a non-Jew. How do we pass it? Not clear how we pass it. There's been, there's been no definitive to psak on this issue. So that comes very question why you're allowed to cook for a, a, a non Shermer Shabbos Jew on Yom Tov. Um, step number one. Step number two, Chazal came along and said, talking about an actual non Jew, let's go back to actual non Jew. Chazal said, you know, you can't cook for a non Jew on Yom Tov. And it's an the rice to cook for a non Jew on Yom Tov. So it's not a great idea to have this guy by your meal because you might cook for him. So there's an Issa, there's an Issa Durabonan to invite a non-Jew for a meal on Yom Tov. You're allowed to invite a non-Jew for a meal on Shabbos, but not on Yom Tov. Because on Shabbos you're not going to cook anyway. So this year, the first day of, the first Seder is Shabbos, so we don't have any problem. Right? Um, but the, the second day, the second Seder, and the, the Yom Tov, the, the second, you know, right? Any day, any time you would have yontav, which is which is not Shabbos, so there's an iser derabbanan to invite a non-Jew. So how you like how you can you invite these in, how you invite the relatives? How do you cooking with them? How do you invite that? So there's a prima godam. Prima godam says like this. First of all, like this. So the, so the first solution is. Um, we advise not to do any cooking. And, and, uh, on that situation, the same way on Shabbos, all the food is cooked beforehand. So you're not, I'm not cooking anything, so I would want to cook beforehand. This is very relevant when you have a Pesach hotel. So the only people in the Pesach hotel are not are not are, are, are not Jewish necessarily. The only people in the hotel are not Shemr Shabbos or Shabbos, you know, but they come for a Pesach hotel. So my my staff can't be cooking for them. I so the answer is, you want to have the food as much as possible, you know, cooked cook, cook beforehand. Now, that's not very, if you have a very, very fancy hotel, of course, part of the sales pitch is it's freshly cooked, right? So that's, that's wonderful, you know, but since it's, it's, you know, that's where you get one of your tensions between the mashkiach and the barabba machsher and the, the hotel. There's a, there's a prima godim who says a leniency, which he says that if there's a concern of, 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 of shalom bayis, of eva, we can be lenient on the Isidra Bonan. So if you feel that it's going to affect the family negatively by not inviting these people, you can invite, you can invite that. It, it, takes, it takes away the Isidra inviting. It doesn't allow for the cooking part. So now the person says, you know, you know it says, do me a favor, can you put up, a, put up you know, I don't, I don't have a percolator up for you. I use, it, I, use, I use my teapot. It says, can you put up a water for, for a cup of coffee for me? The answer is no. I can't put up a cup of coffee. This whole thing. <laughs> right? right? I can't cook for them on Yom Tiv. So I put up the pot for a non Jew 
a pot of water to cook them a cup of coffee on Yom Tov. I did it in a Can I? Yeah. Okay, so what's the solution? I think I know. What? Yes. I think I know because I'm a Gyorah. So I think the solution is that you cook a whole bunch of food for the Jewish people. Good. And then the leftovers can go to the non Right, so the, there's, a, there's a rule called Reba B'Shurim. If, if in one action you're cooking a larger amount for truly for a Jew, not, not a game, but truly, then you can. Then there's no way if you cook for the, the, non, the non-Jew also. So I put up. He said, "Oh, I'll join you in a cup of coffee." And, so, and then you, but you now you have to put enough water in the chavchila for both of you. Mm-hmm. You can't add water after. That doesn't solve the problem. So okay, you know what? That's a great idea. So you have to be on your toes. Oh, yeah, a cup of coffee, great idea. I think I'll join you. Uh, you know, I'll put up the water for the two of us. So then you put up water for both of you. Then afterwards. You can uh, you can make the make the coffee for both or whatever the situation might be. But that's a, that's an issue which you have to be aware of, um, which has uh, has some challenges in it. So this is the same for a non-from family. And this would be the same thing for a non-from family. Okay, I'm remembering why we just don't invite them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you now you now you remember why your husband says we're not going to invite the preempt. That's what that's what the answer yeah, no, is. I'm remembering why. Like this is this is why we just don't want to deal with that. But okay. for, for people who are in Kirov, how do they do this? Does this include warming up food when you say... Now, so warming up food is not... Is not that's, that's, so the people got them, as I said before, if you, oh, the food is cooked before and warming is not a problem. Okay. Warming basically really is the same thing as Shabbos. You know, so there's not... It's if only... It's, it's, if, it's, if it's very liquidy, like if it's a soup, I can't warm it up for them? Except that I'm warming it up for everyone else because it's a right, kind of soup. Right, what are right, we doing right, anyway? Right, right, right. right. But if, but if you know if they say you know you know they come in the expression that soup is great you, you mind he, he, give me another bowl of that soup oh, nobody else is having soup just them you, know, you you have to be on your toes you have to be you know because what I would do is I would like try to incorporate <laughs> things that I thought that my parents would want right. I would try to incorporate that into the meal so I shouldn't be in the position where they would say would you mind making me right excellent what was that. Well, because when I was married, both my husband and I were both converts. So everybody who was coming to our Seder was like crazy. So we would try to make ahead of time everything that we thought that they might want and incorporate it into the menu so that that way nobody would be asking for something special that we didn't couldn't give them and wouldn't we wouldn't be upsetting them by... We didn't have prepared. Right, exactly. And they wouldn't be upset that, you know... Oh, yeah, she didn't make me this, this. You didn't do that. Right, you know, exactly. You, know, you didn't make me any canade block. We made you canade block. You know, like, you Here, know. have a canade. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Um, want pizza? Forget it. Okay. Um, question which comes up is a uh, person's having a difficult time swallowing the matzah. So they want to soak the matzah. Or they want to drink some water with the matzah. So soaking the matzah... Um, in general, we do not we do not we we discourage that. So a person who's an elderly or a person who's ill, um, there are leniencies which we pass. We'll do that. That, that you know, which I'm not going to get involved in the details of that unless it's in the game. Um, drinking water with the matzah. A person's eating matzah and they want to take a drink of water into their mouth. That's that is motor. Uh, I'm saying that with a little bit of hesitation because it's not it's not you know we preferred not to do it, but it's mutter. So a person really is having a trouble getting the matzah down, and they need to take a drink of water. That's mutter. What about after the matzah? Like that's mid matzah. I'm saying like that's like in the middle of your shear. Right. You're done. Yeah, it's on to hay. It's on I've never seen anybody take the water off the table. No, yeah, but on the other hand, you've never seen most people taking a drink of water in the middle of the matzah either, right? That's true. <laughs> okay, I found comets. <laughs> oh yes! Right, this question always. Oh, I found comments. Um, a cheerio. Yeah. Oh, so it's a cheerio. It's it's, a, it's 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 one thing, you know. You know, I one year. I mean, you know, so one year, um, I, I did the bedika. We did the cleaning everything like that. It's the first day yomtiv, and we take the umbrella shoulder out so to give to go to the park with with a lozer. I think it was maybe Brocha and there's a roll crumpled up, you know, because when you cr- close it up, so there's a, there's a bag, which I hadn't noticed, because when the, it's closed, you didn't notice it. There's a bag with a roll in it, a full bona fide roll. Like in the stroller or something. Like in the stroller. Like, oh. The umbrella stroller, you know. And I said, okay. I didn't do my medica well this year, you know. <laughs> so um, what do you do? 
So the loch is that, first of all, that the loch is that chometz is muksan yamtiv. So you can't move it. What kind of moksa? It's moksa. It's a real moksa. It's a real moksa. Okay. Like you really can't move it. <laughs> right. So, so for, for the Lohan says that you, the, but, but on the other hand, you sh- you're not supposed to leave chametz there because you might come to eat it. So you should, you're supposed to cover it, you're supposed to cover it over with some type of kli. Now, if you think that, you, that you know, talking to the ladies, that I'm going to let you, Rabbi, use my pace of the kli to cover up your role, you got something coming, right? But that's the halacha. You cover it up with the kli. And, uh, and the status of the kli? The kli, it's, it's cold. It's, 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 you know, just wash it off with cold water. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. One year, my daughter pulled a, um, a whole bunch. Of, we missed a pocket somehow, and she was playing. She pulled her pocket inside out, and out came all these saltines that were crushed, and they went <laughs> all over the rug. So after this we like, I cried and screamed and like ran around. And I, really took, I, I put <laughs> towels on top of it all, um, right? Because I didn't have a clee that was that large, large enough, right? Yeah, so that would be correct. That would be. Acceptable. I think that'd be, that'd be acceptable. Okay. Now, immediately after yump the is over, kolamoy, you have to dress it. So, so, so the law says you have to burn it. You take it outside, out of your rishos, and you burn it. Um, the question which comes up, a fascinating question which comes up nowadays is, you know, we sell, in the star which we sell the chametz to, to, the, to the non-Jew, we, we, we say, you know, whatever is in place X, da 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 and then we throw in its claws, and any other chametz I have in my house. That's a, okay, why not? You know, might as well have that there for, for good measure. So now, I find this chametz, this chametz doesn't belong to me, it belongs to this, non, the, the, you know, the, the guy that bought it, right? So I'm, I'm not allowed to burn his chametz, it's, it's a Magana if I burn this chametz. Mm-hmm. So now it's supposed to happen. So what do you do? And let, now let's make it more complicated. Okay. So um, so there are some opinions that which one of one opinion which says okay, so you, you can't burn it. So what do you do with it? So you take it and put it together with the place where you have the chametz you sold to the goy. You should put it there. The problem is Chazal said you're not allowed to hold chametz in your hand because you might eat it. So how do you get your chametz outside to burn it? The answer is, because I'll say, the logic, it's not logical that you'll be eating it if you're actually running outside to burn it. But here I'm not running outside to burn it, I'm running outside, I'm going to put it away. So I might come to eat it. So the Chazani says you would have to actually not move it by hand, you'd have to kick it. It should be like a shinui. You'd have to do it, with, you, you, you can do it with a foot, you can do it with a, with a stick, you, you, don't, you don't do it by hand. Um, that being said, most, m- many parts come, and I think that I think it's it's correct that you can burn it because even though it belongs to the goy, the understanding by the goy is that you know he's not he owns his chametz. He doesn't really mind if you burn it because at the end of the day, his main goal over here is that after Pesach he's going to sell it back and get some money out of the deal. Mm-hmm. Does he get money out of the deal? He does. Yeah, that's how we do it. Yeah. Rabbi, he, he he makes some money on the deal. But when you burn your chametz um, before Pesach, you say that everything is like null and void. So does the chametz you found, is it, is it really still chametz? So null and void means in regards to the prohibition of ownership, it's null and void. But Chazal said we don't, we don't want to rely on that for actual chametz because it's null and void. But this is a great donut. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> uh, I actually had a chaver who told me his story, his his. his Emergency story that his father almost did who knows what to him. Um, he loved donuts. He was very upset that they, you know they're taking all the donuts. He hid a donut under his pillow. And the, by the first night by the seder, when his father said, "Okay, kiddulach," and now the house has no comments in it, he says, "Tati, there is." What he says? What do you mean? He runs to his bedroom and he pulls out the donut. He starts running to the to the t- table to show his father. You <laughs> told me this wasn't like a powdered sugar. <laughs> so, so, so the father, you know, he has this like, get that thing out of here! <laughs> you know, like you know, running towards the center table with the donuts, like you're crazy. You know, um, suffice it to say that the young man was uh, treated to to uh, for life. What <laughs> scarred for, for life? life. <laughs> he was treated to some. Uh, if it's calamari, you should burn it. Yeah. All right, so we, uh, we, I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable saying you should burn it. Yeah, not like that. But, but okay. What if you, um, and and basically because the guy doesn't care, really. Right. Correct. Um, could it be 
put just inside your barbecue grill that you're not going to open up anyway and just leave it? You have to burn it. You have, to, it. You have to destroy it. Okay. So you know. So you couldn't just like throw it out in the street where it wouldn't belong to anybody. Correct. Like train there, there is an option. You know, you can you can you can crush it up and spread it, to, throw it to the winds. You can crush it up and flush it down the toilet. You could burn it. Um, we prefer an halacha to burn it, but any of those things would, would be options um, to do. Okay, so now here's the here's the flips the, the the second half of this conversation because I, which I got this again interview the person says well I need something from the I, you know I, the cabinet. <laughs> uh, you know the chumash cabinets or better it says well, I, I you know I was like really smart it says I sold the whole room to the goy and I put all my chumash in there I need something from the room it says excuse me you sold the room to the goy you're trespassing <laughs> so some stores actually have a the you know have a uh, Clause: If I need to, I can go into the room. The problem is, the lacha is that there's chometz. If you're if you're selling real chometz and there's chometz in there, the lacha is on Pesach because I'm afraid you might come to eat chometz. So they don't they don't want to rely on a, on, a, on a, just a covering. You have to have a mechitza in between you and the and, and the and the, the chometz. It has to have a lacha valid lacha of a mechitza. It has to be ten tefachim high. It has to can't be waving the wind. It, it, it has a bona fide lacha wall. So we we can't allow you to go into that room because once you go into that room, if I can say, well, well, the tr- says you know the, he probably doesn't mind, you know, whatever. okay, really, okay. So but then so you go into the room, you're in a room with comments, which you're not allowed to be with the room with comments unless there's some type of partition between you and the comments. Um, so that's something which people have to be aware of that there is a requirement of this partition. There is a cool up. Which I saw recently. It's, it's, it's talking about if you have something which is vare chametz, it was selling chametz gomer, and so it's vare chametz, um, and, and it's in a place you know which theoretically you might be going. You need you need a bechitza. If, if I'm going to put it somewhere, you know, I have it somewhere in my basement. I have a room off to the side which I don't go into at all, and I'm not really selling chametz gomer anyway. So then you don't need bechitza. That's good enough. Just putting it in the room, even without selling the room. If you sell the whole room, so you have no problem. It's not my room. Mm-hmm. That's the mechitza. There's a door. But you keep, once you walk through that door, you've taken away your mechitza. So I said, uh, you know, I don't have a problem saying that the logic will dictate that, the, that we can make an allahic assumption. He doesn't mind if you walk through there. So it's as if he gave you permission. But you have another problem, which is the mechitza problem. You need to have a mechitza there. You need to have some type of a partition between you and, and, and the comments. Um So... Um, I said it's really not a great idea to do this, you know, because I got two people, a father and a son, asked me the same question within a half an hour of each other. Like, you know, I said, you know, is there any like a habit forming thing going on over here um, between the, you know, you should, you should people wear this. It's not, it's not something you can take lightly. When you're selling it, you're selling the room. You're selling the room. Um, that being said, when you have common scummer, you even if you sell common scummer to the goy. You can't have a goy's chomets gomer in your rishus. You, so that's when we sell the place where it's on also. That, that's when we sell the area which is there. Um, so that's why you say, okay, I'll put it away in a certain section. I'm selling the whole area, so I don't have to worry about anything. It's all sold. It's not a problem. Which, that's how we do the star. We sell the place of it, place of it also. Uh, so it is better to like, put it away off to some area off to the side. You know, so you can, say, you, can, you, can bonif- you can truthfully say, I'm selling that section. It could be a cabinet, but if it's just a cabinet in the air, so what are you selling exactly? You know, the, underneath I'm doing my you know pace of cooking, and on top I have the guys. That's not a good idea. So uh, you want to have like a, some type of cabinet off to the side. Wait, so, so like the, the okay. Now I have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> here we here we go. So like the spice cabinet above my or. Okay, no, I don't I don't cook there because the stove's not good. But the the cabinet above my sink. I can't just sell. I really should clean out. It's just dishes in there. It's not just dishes, that's not a problem. It's it's just dishes it's, in there. That's not a problem, right? The problem so, is that you, just, that, that you just need some type of a, of a, of a hacker to remind you don't use oh, the dishes. Oh, tape over. So, right, so, so that, that's, that's a separate problem. No, no, so if you leave all your dishes and you just shut it up with tape and you write pe- that's fine. comments on it, that's okay. That's, that's fine. But the actual if you're, flour, comments, sugar, whatever. Whatever you're selling to, right, you're, if you're selling, you know, you can have some, you know, let's say, it's, I don't sell comments, right. but I sell supper comments. So supper comments, most vinegar in America is not comments, but 
mutar is vinegar, which is chametz. So it's vinegar, it's in your in your your ketchup and your mustard and your mayonnaise. Right. And, All that stuff is in that cabinet. You know, it's inside. I put it. In, I put it in a specific cabinet, and that 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 whole thing, top to bottom, belongs to the garden. It's off to the side, and that's it. You know, I put it down in the basement, and that's it. So, oh, so I really have to take it out of my kitchen. You really should. It's in a cabinet that's closed. I, so you should take it out of the kitchen. Yeah, it should be. It should be. It should be able to say that that this mukam belongs to him, not just the cabinet, but the plate, the floor that's standing on belongs oh, to him. Oh, my dishes can stay put. This is because they put. Oh, we're not done yet. Okay. Okay. When you said a real machitza, you said it can't blow in the wind. So hanging up sheets is not sufficient. If I want to include, I want to partition. I want to partition off. Unless you tie them down on the bottom. What if I just put rocks? Like, just have to. I have no real way to tie them down. If I put rocks on them, would that suffice? It has to just be. It has to really. It has to really solid. It's like going on the wind. What about if you have a freezer? I've seen people who have taken yeah, like all their bread and put it in a garbage one. bag and put it in the bottom, like part of the freezer, freezer. where and they're using the rest of the freezer. You know, they're using that, but this is like contained and it's not going to flap in the wind, but it's in the same area. Is that permitted? Yeah, that's that was my next question. Yeah. The freezer. Um. Clearly labeled, it says. It's clearly labeled. It's right, okay, right. I understand. So the clear label, the problem is that that, that, that you know, but that you, you have. If it's, if it's true, if it's true chametz, if it's, it's not, you know, whatever. If it's true chametz, no, it's true chametz. True chametz. You have because all required a mechitza. Well, if it's in a drawer in the bottom or of your box. freezer, would that qualify as mechitza? Or if I put it in a box, right? I don't, I don't think so. You don't think so? Don't think so so yeah. we got to really empty the freezer. Yeah. Oh, my. Rabbi, you just made my, my young people a lot harder. <laughs> well, so, so the solution is you have two freezers. But I don't have two freezers. So you find a neighbor who does and stick it in theirs. Um. Right. <laughs> saying, like, I have a freezer upstairs on a small one. I mean, my understanding, maybe I understood this wrong, but there was a certain idea that, like, if you had 20 pounds of flour... Okay, and Pesach is coming, and it's going to cost you, you know, a lot of money to throw it away or give it away. That you could actually, you know, sell it, and it can be put away. But right, have a problem. And, and that's not a problem, right? right? As long as it's in this closet or whatever. Right. But it's a problem if it's any place where you're, you're, you're messing you're, around. Correct. Okay. Right. What if you had a refrigerator freezer? Top part is a refrigerator. Bottom part is a freezer. That freezer will contain chametz, but it's a separate door. You could put tape on the door. If label the door is chametz, but you're not you're not using it for anything. You're not going to go in there for ice cubes. Right. So then you can say that you're selling that whole. You're selling then you're you're selling the whole thing. So that the the mechitza is the door. The door is the mechitza. Right. Okay. But over here, there's no door because you're opening the door and you're going into the freezer of other things. Right. So. So the problem is having the drawer in the bottom of the freezer or the fridge and just storing the comments in during Pesach. That's right. the problem, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay um, that was exciting. <laughs> you, you, know, you, you know, you always get at least one cooler from the share and one chumber from the share. That's the deal. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Which cooler did you get? <laughs> I allowed you to, to, to reconstitute your, 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 your roasted chicken into, into, oh, that's true. into boiled chicken. I can reconstitute my roasted chicken. Okay. That's very exciting. I know. I think a lot of people do that. Or, well, I think a lot of people do that. What? With the freezer. I know. Good point. Refrigerators as well. Mm-hmm. People put things in a, in a bin. Oh, in the bin in the fridge. Oh, my. Right, in the, in, the, in the vegetable part. In the vegetable bin. Oh, shoot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> For sure. Uh-huh. Um, this is always very exciting, I'm wearing Okay. What if you remember on Erev Yomtev that you want to get something out of your Pesach, out of your Hametz cabinet? Erev Yomtev is more lenient. Nighttime is when things start getting, uh, when Pesach actually starts, things get, get more excited. Mm-hmm. It's, only, it's, it's, it's not a key of chorus, Erev Pesach, it's only a lav. But once, once Pesach starts, it's a key of chorus. <laughs> I guess I won't. 
so you, you, get, you, go, you, go, you go to a different section of Gehenna. When you, <laughs> you spoke about closing off a room and selling a whole room in your house. What if you sell your whole house? You could sell the whole house. Um, you could I mean, sell. You're, you're not planning to be home, right? So you but, could, but let's say something happened and, and an important paper was needed from your house, right? So, so, so that so that would be this 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 type of question. So you could sell the whole house, and if you sell the whole house, and the sale is effective, for example, this is a common you know question. Um, when, is it, when we usually make our, our sale the 14th of Nissan, Air Pesach. Sometime in the early, you know, in the morning. Right. Uh, the night you do badika the night before. So when the night before, I still own that item. That so I have the badika on it. Let's say I would sell my house on the thirteenth. Mm-hmm. So when it comes the night the fourteenth, it's not my house anymore. So I'm not having badika. So the person would be able. The mishabur says you shouldn't do it in such a way that you're going to lose your mitzvah badika. So the answer is you keep one room for yourself, and you buy one room, and the rest of the house you sell. Or you can do badika where you go. When you're going to. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, so you keep your. Den. You can do badika the hotel room that you're going to. You can do. You can do. You're not going to lose the mitzvah badika, right? So I haven't lost the mitzvah badika. I've sold the whole house. I'm putter from doing badika in the house. I, I sell it on the thirteenth, and that's that's that that's fine. You can do that as long as it's sold, you know, beforehand. Um, but now you need something. So theoretically, um, so theoretically you could go in because we, we have to get you know, we have a trespassing issue along to the goy, right? Um, so we'll say you know probably he doesn't mind if I go in you know or you write in some shorts they actually write you know I have Jesus regal etc. Um, but you have a machitz issue you know if you want to go into the room I keep my papers. Chances are there's no chometz there, so that's not a machitz issue. Right. So, but if I wanted had to go into a place where there's a body chometz, so I would have an issue. Um, uh, you, know, have, you can't go to the room because you don't have a machitza there. You come and have a, one second. First, we're going to like shoot a machitza in and set it up, you know, not go in the room. I mean, how do you do that? So it's a problem. Um, that, but that idea of selling the, and, and parting from, from Badika it is, it, it is an option to, 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 to do that. I got a Shiloh, I got a Shiloh that the family has, they have a, a non-Jewish au pair which lives there they're going away for Yom the, 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 the non-Jewish woman is staying in the house so they just basically they just basically you know just so they can't sell out the house because they have somebody staying there um, um, who's going to be cooking comments aren't there, aren't there a May lot of shadows on that your house? so, so there's, there's many different questions that come up with that but the, once you know like I said well you can sell the house to her Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, she can't sell to somebody else because then she has to get permission to stay there. You sell the house to her, so now it's her house, it's her comments. Now you, you you have to deal with, you know, what are the issues of your meat in your freezer, your you know your wine, your your oven, many different issues which we had to go through, work out, work them out. But that was that was the phone call, that was the phone call for today. Um, that was today. That was today. Oh my. <laughs> no, that was yesterday. I'm sorry. That was yesterday. But you actually could sell the house. So you could sell the house to the opera because I thought there was like all these stringencies about who you were supposed to sell your hummus to. The, the main tr- question is not who, but how. Um, the how is complicated. Okay. The how is complicated because exactly what what is the correct opinion, how we do it, etc. Um, I'll tell you a cute story. When I was a bucker still, so I remember I, I, I realized I had I, I had you know I didn't own anything. And I realized I had some like medications, and things which might have comments. It's just I, I realized that Arab Pesach in the morning. I was in Brooklyn, so I called up Rabbi David and um, asked him, "Can I sell? You know, can I sell my comments?" He says, "Come over right now. We're selling. Actually, selling right now." So I walk into the room, and there was four of the there were six of the biggest rabbonim in flappers sitting by this table with this guy over here with his big red cap. You know, they're sitting together by the table. And they're, they're, these six are running together probably have shuls, you know. They probably, together, they have like a few million dollars worth of comments being sold to this guy. You know, and I came in with an audience and I quickly made my kenyan, you know, and, you know, and my, my uh, five cents of, you know, was also being included in the sale. I said, that guy doesn't realize what he's, he's buying over here. He, first of all, the fact that he gets to sit with his table with all these rabbis, I would love that, you know, like, you know. You know and, but he, he owns... Half a flatbush is comets, you know these whiskeys and there's you know there's the, you know the flower, the real stuff, you know, like you know. 
So in Europe, the problem was they had was they would sell the inn. They would sell the, 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 the whiskey and the inn to the goy. And then if you heard the case, well, the, the goy says, listen, that's my home. It's the middle of Pesach. He comes and starts drinking it. Right. You can't stop him. It's his. Now, the way we do it is he doesn't pay the full amount before. He pays a minimal amount. And it says that the rest of the money is due in, in, eight, in nine days. And then after nine days, he asks, do you want to pay the rest of the money? Or do you want to sell it back? So that's what he does. Well, the goy didn't have money to pay. This guy's the, the, the Jewish innkeeper is going to be wiped out. The guy said, "Drink all the." He brought all his friends to have a have a whiskey party. He's not going to pay after Pesach. There's nothing to buy back. He's wiped out. So what do you do? Right. So that was you know, So those those were the those are the real shilas that they dealt with and how to figure out how to deal with that that shilas. Okay. Can we, can we go back to the cabinet for a minute? How well do you have to clean out your cabinets? Um, that you're not using. It's not any different than cleaning out your bedroom. My understanding is there can't be obvious comments. Right. You're not expected really, to be my checking for microscopic with my, comments. With my comments with my pots and pans and every, my cabinets with my pots and pans, I have to be cleaning out? No, I mean, you, know, you, you, you would swipe it out. It's like your base of basic wiping out. That's it. Now the, the pots assuming that all your, your, your pots and pans and the dishes are clean. They're clean. Yeah, yeah. So. I have to wipe it out, or I could just like, there's nothing there. If you see nothing there, there's nothing there. You don't have to wipe it out as long as I'm you see. Like nothing. I could just look. Yeah. I'm closing it up and selling it. Yeah. I mean, there's that that whole thing like how checking. Are, there, there, there are some people right, who empty out every cabinet, clean yeah, yeah. every pot. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to clarify how. how, how yes, right. I'm not 